How about them podcasts with Landon McCool? How about them cowboys indeed? Howdy folks, you have arrived. Welcome to the How About Them podcast. I am Landon McCool and I will be your host in this fantastic Cowboys-centric podcast. We will be doing this uh, twice a week during the regular season and once a week in the offseason. But guys, uh, I am super excited to get started. You have you have crawled your way through the desert of the offseason, but you have finally arrived at the oasis of week one. Congratulations. We all made it, and here we are. So, Obviously, we're going to jump right in to talk Cowboys, but but guys, I, you know, obviously, since this is the first show, I want to welcome everybody to it. Uh, I'm excited to get started. This is a new venture for me, and, and as, as I'm, certainly it is for you, too. Uh, and so I just wanted to kind of get off the, 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 the front end of this, just kind of briefly explain uh, who I am and, and, and what's going to go on here. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know me, uh, I, I'm a podcaster, a blogger. I, I'm originally from Dallas. Uh, I've been a Cowboys fan since 1979, and that will be the last time you hear me say that because I really hate it when people preface their comments with 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 you know when they became Cowboys fans. I, I find that to be quite silly. But I have been a Cowboys fan all my life. Uh, I grew up in Dallas, and I live out here in Los Angeles now, and I've been covering and 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 podcasting and blogging about the the uh, Cowboys for a couple of years now, and, and you may have seen some of my work over at Blogging the Boys. But I am here now and, and glad to have joined the uh, today's Pigskin team. So uh, we are excited to get started. Uh, and uh, as always, as we will always start uh, th- this pod, we're going to start with our first segment, which is simply called "Check with Me." Why? Okay, this is Check With Me, and this is going to be the kind of section, uh, the segment up front of every podcast where I basically uh, am going to talk about what, what the latest news is in Cowboys world and, and, and kind of give my takes. So, uh, so you know, there's so much Cowboys news, obviously, since, you know, this is a new podcast, I mean, the... the the endless amount of information that is behind us that get us to this point is is kind of hard to parse. So I'm just going to go with what the, the latest news is, and, and even that is is pretty vast. So let's start up front. Um, the 53-man roster. Uh, the cuts came out on Saturday, uh, and, and then you know ra- waiver wire watching went went came and went without the Cowboys uh, any uh, claiming anybody, and and they've done a, a couple a couple of uh, of moves since then, but basically, uh, you know the 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 bulk of the 53 man roster was put together on on Saturday with some slight additions, and 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 I think you know there has it seems like the the response to it has been kind of all over the map. I, I've seen some people really shocked and angry and surprised about what's been happening and some people uh you know claiming that this is kind of what they had predicted or, or what they had seen coming um you know I think the main headlines that uh that, that kind of need to be discussed about it you know, first of all the decision not to put Romo on IR that that was a decision that really uh wasn't really made clear until probably uh, the start of this week Monday and Tuesday. Uh, where you know you've you've kind of had hints that you know they hadn't put him on IR yet, and then Jerry Jones came out in an interview and uh, made a claim that, that intimated that you know they weren't uh, they were keeping all the options open for Romo and they weren't going to put him on uh, IR. So that kind of you know led to a domino effect of 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 you know having kind of one less roster spot to 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 play with. You know knowing that you had to keep Romo, 
Uh, and then they, they they followed that kind of with an interesting uh, uh, thought of of keeping showers for an extra day to maybe help a lot of the, some of these other uh, quarterback situations get solved so they could possibly sneak him on to their practice squad. And then obviously the the signing of Mark Sanchez got a lot of hand wringing going. And I and I understand. I get it. Like you know, as a Cowboys fan, we've we've you know, <laughs> as someone who has personally mark, mocked Mark Sanchez constantly on Twitter and and, and many different venues. Uh, when he played for the Eagles and, and frankly, when he played for the Jets too, I, I totally understand why there's a certain amount of just kind of anger that 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 Mark Sanchez is on the team. But but I think people are forgetting the fact that you know this is this is a situation where if Mark Sanchez is getting on the field for the Dallas Cowboys, that means that the Dallas Cowboys have had their starting three quarterbacks injured if you want to include Kellen Moore as the backup uh from the training training camp you know Romo Kellen Moore and then now Dak Prescott at that point will have had to go down and considering that amount of bad luck having Mark Sanchez as the guy that goes in for you at that point really is is kind of a luxury I mean he's I understand that people you know think that he's he's not good enough or this and that but I mean for a guy who's basically your fourth string quarterback you know he's going to be your active third string quarterback until you know Romo once Romo gets back I think that this is a pretty good pickup for what it is. You're getting him for about two million dollars when you consider offsets from his previous contract, and you know it's it's guaranteed because he's on the on the on the team week one. But it still isn't a lot of money when you're considering you know what a vet backup would cost, and especially one who you know going into the preseason was competing uh, for a starting spot in Denver. So. You know, I can understand the level of hand wringing with Mark Sanchez, but at the same time, you know, this is not a situation where, you know, we're bringing in Mark Sanchez to to come in and compete with you know Dak or coming in to, to be the guy who's you know our hope. Like this is a situation where if Dak if if Mark Sanchez gets in the game, you know, disaster has struck once again, and and we're just trying to stop the bleeding. So, uh, other things to to talk about. I think you know there was a lot of talk about the the fact that they kept two fullbacks and and why are they keeping two fullbacks? And you know, I think this has been gone gone over a bit, but I, I wanted to kind of just re add in here that I think it's really important to look at the whole roster building uh, exercise as as a, as a complete situation. And and I think sometimes people get too can too caught up in the numbers game and not uh, about what these players actually do for you on Sunday. And, and in the particular case with Rod and Keith Smith as your fullbacks, all these guys are going to play a, a ton of special teams, you know, and, and they're going to see a lot of snaps, uh, a lot more snaps than some of these, you know, typical backups or, or even, you know, you know, specialty players is what you kind of would consider a fullback nowadays. They're going to see a lot of snaps. And then on top of that, they can give you snaps on offense, uh, you know, as fullbacks, and then Keith Smith has flexibility to play some linebacker. Rod Smith has some flexibility to play running back. Uh, you know, two positions that obviously have a lot of injuries. At you know, all throughout the season, there's just uh, there's a lot high rate of attrition at those positions. So, I just think that having those guys on your roster is helpful in ways that it may be hard for the layman to conceive. Special teams, versatility, these are things that help you build a roster, a game day roster that is flexible and can take injury uh, without having to sign somebody off the street or, you know, especially in game. If something happens where you lose, you know, 
two or three linebackers in a game, what do you do? Now you've got a guy who can step in and, and you know has at least played linebacker in the NFL or has at least practiced as a linebacker in the NFL. Same thing at running back. What happens if you lose a couple of your running backs? Rod Smith can get in there and do some things. And, and as a fullback, too, you know he can do some tight end type things, You know things that we have seen the tight ends kind of take the role in that H-back sort of move tight ends uh, uh, You know that Hannah would kind of do at times and you see Witten would do uh, when he was uh, going out and pass routes at times. So uh, I think that's also something that, that the fullbacks can uh, can be subbed in to do. So having those guys on the team uh, gives a lot of flexibility at other positions uh, for, you know, maybe you can go long at a, another other position because you have these guys to provide depth for you uh, on game day. And, and, and what they ended up doing is, that, you know, I think there was a lot of speculation before the roster cuts came down that maybe they would keep an extra tight end. Uh, to kind of make up for the loss of Hannah or the fact that Hannah is going to start the season on PUP. I think that what they looked at was, okay, we think we're going to get Hannah back pretty soon. Let's let's have these two fullbacks come in, and if they if they if we need one of them to kind of, you know, like I said, take the spot of uh, what would traditionally be a tight end in a, like a move H back situation where you have a, a blocker moving across the formation, you know, off the line of scrimmage. That's something that a fullback could do for you. So, uh, and then, you know, once Hannah comes back, then maybe you make a decision on one of these fullbacks going, or maybe it's somebody else. But I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that were just looking at the situation as, Oh, there's two fullbacks. Why do we have two fullbacks and not looking at the specific names on the list of guys and how you, Useful that they could be uh, to the team on game day and, and just building the roster in, in general. So uh, I think that was the you know two of the main the main biggest things that people were upset about. Some other stuff, you know, they went a little bit short at uh, at defensive line. You know, I, listen, I, I, people that know me have have heard me talk extensively about. Uh, my issue with this team and the lack of 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 pass rushers. I you know I I started to go into training camp with a little bit more optimism after being really uh, kind of disheartened by the fact that they didn't really make a push for any kind of big name pass rusher, which I I felt like this team needed. Uh, you know, with the sp- suspensions for Lawrence for the first four games, and then we still don't know what's up with Randy Gregory. Uh, but he's at least he's also at least out for four games. I just felt that it was necessary for them to go out and get a guy who could produce for you. And 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 I and I think their plan seemed to be something that we. Uh, have referred to at times as team upside smorgasbord, where they basically are just taking a bunch of young pups and trying to coach them up and hoping that you know, a rotation of these guys can produce at a level that is is going to get you where you need to go. You know, as as training camp went on and, and, and you started to see some more injuries at the position and then, you know, at some of the spots where you didn't see injuries, there, there was kind of a lack of development in some of these guys like Ryan Russell – now we're at a situation where we're in week one and there's definitely still more questions about what's going to happen uh, on the defensive line uh, going forward. I, you know, I think you've got Charles Tapper who's still on this team. He, he's you know still kind of dealing with a back injury, which has been, you know, th- that whole Charles Tapper thing was, was kind of an interesting side note. And just to kind of break off on that is, you know, it was interesting how the whole thing developed. You know, it started out as kind of a day-to-day injury, and, and that it's well, it started out. It's been it's been called a day-to-day injury for almost a month now, for for about a month now, and and I think, 
you know, we started to get a little bit more information once uh, he actually got interviewed on DallasCowboys.com where he, he met with the press the other day and, and revealed to them that he had had a, a small uh, like fracture in his back and that it had, it had started to swell up and that he had actually woken up one morning and couldn't feel his legs, which is just about the most terrifying thing I, I think I've heard. And it really made me sick to even hear them say that. But from what he made it sound like is that since then they've been uh, using kind of a regular treatment, uh, some sort of regimen to kind of like alleviate the pain or alleviate swelling or, or something. He, you know, he's not a doctor, so he didn't really get too much into it, but, but he made it sound like that he's, that the back is not hurt anymore. And that now it's more about uh, getting him into game day conditioning. So, you know, we're not going to see him much for week one versus the giants, but, you know, Charles Tapper is another guy who's going to be coming around uh, pretty soon. But right now, they are woefully thin at defensive end. I mean, they've got Benson Mayoa, David Irving, and, and you know, they're going to be playing uh, some Jack Crawford out there. Uh, you know, but without 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 Lawrence, it's going to be tough for them to uh, to find a bunch of, of guys on the outside that could really, uh, you know, push the pocket and, and, and you know, affect the quarterback and that's really going to be something that, that this team is going to is going to need to do and, and I, and I uh, they're going to have to find people who can you know fill spots out there they have some you know, some guys that are kind of versatile inside outside players like uh, you know I, we've seen obviously Jack Crawford kind of ba- bounce back and forth between the position Tyrone Crawford obviously started out as a defensive end before moving to his more permanent home at the three tech so he's another guy who can play outside if you need be but uh, you know it's it, I think they're going to have to you know do things like you know they're going to have to kick in Wilbur, uh, who Kyle Wilbur, who's a who's a linebacker by trade, but has played some defensive end. He, he's going to have to see some snaps against New York uh, at defensive end. You know, the defensive end situation is is not pretty, and, and and that is there's no way around that. I think you know people have wanted to kind of hope that that this is going to be a good enough situation, and you know hope for the waiver wire to to, to save us with some guys, and you know. Uh, Nothing ever came of that, and and now we're kind of at a situation where, oh my God, this is this is what we've got, and and this is what we're gonna have to deal with the Giants with. So, you know, I I think the the real hope here is that the improvements, uh, you know, in other positions, uh, are uh, is are gonna help kind of alleviate the the stress. Of of the lack of you know kind of talent and 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 not just talent at this point a lack of bodies on the on the outside so uh, and that kind of is going to lead us into our next segment uh, which is called why is this defense so offensive so you know like I've kind of set up a, a lot of this talk has been you know all off season and not just about the the the, the rushman in general but there's been a lot of talk in general about how uh, this defense is just not going to be uh, up to snuff. And, and, I, and I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I, I think that we should also take a, a clear-eyed look at, at kind of a clear-eyed view, if you will, Jalen Smith. Uh, I wish you were here, buddy. RIP that knee. Hope that knee comes back soon. Hashtag get, get, bell, get well soon. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, I think what we should do is take a hard look at the, the pros and cons of this defense, what to expect out of it, and, uh, and, and what – and how you know the Cowboys are going to try to use their personnel 
uh, in, in different spots to kind of mask deficiency in others. So, uh, you know, first things first, I think it's important to remind everyone. And, and it feels like, and I actually kind of tweeted about this uh, during the preseason, and, and really I remember tweeting it early last season as well, is uh, it feels like every time we watch the Cowboys it, that somebody, you know, not somebody, but people in general seem to forget the, the 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 fact that the Cowboys really do kind of operate a bend don't break defense. You know, they're going to allow you to to potentially get some chunks. I mean, not huge chunks, but they're going to allow you to kind of move the ball down the field. But they want, they're going to try to keep everything in front of you, uh, in front of them. And then as they as they start to get closer to their own end zone, they'll start to tighten up. And then and that's when the defense really will clamp down as they get closer and closer to the end zone. And this defense has actually been pretty good in, in red zone defense. So uh, that's kind of their game plan is to, is to okay, we'll let you have this, we'll let you have this, but you're going to have to work at everything. And then once you get down to the end zone, uh, to the to the red zone, we're going to really clamp down. So that's, that's basically kind of the unsaid – you know, uh, strategy of this defense is to, is to kind of keep everything in front of them, no big plays, uh, try to get to the quarterback, disrupt turnovers, all of that. You know, and that's really where turnovers, especially, is really where they they had some failings last year. Uh, you know, they they were able to to do some things uh, above and beyond what we expected them last year, but at the end of the day, without an offense to help them pay that off, or without turnovers. Uh, it, the defense ends up just looking and feeling bad. So, uh, we're we're hoping that turnovers will uh, start to come as you know more pressure is put on opposing teams' offenses by our offense uh, scoring and run and killing the clock with the run game. So let's examine what some of the weak points and some of the strong points of this defense, and then we can talk about how they are used to uh, you know complement or, or mask each other. So weak points again. We we started about it. Uh, we started with it up, up top, and it was it kind of led us into this conversation, and that's the defensive imposition. It, it lacks talent and health at this point, uh, and then that combined with with you know pretty bad off field circumstance seems to perpetually keep this position, you know, holding the rest of the defense hostage. You know, with ninety and ninety four both missing at least four games, uh, this team needs potential to be realized in guys like David Irving and Benson Mayo very quickly and Tapper's got to get back on the field and he's got to he's got to show out like sooner rather than later uh if if this team is going to hope to get anything out of their defensive end position um you know the other spot that that we haven't really mentioned yet that but is I I think is had some real troubles and, and is could continue to cause problems for this defense in general is the Mike linebacker position you know since Rolando McClain uh, since this situation with the team started kind of getting ugly, you know, it started it started over a season ago, and then obviously it's picked up quite a bit into the point where I, you know, I like many others don't think that Rolando McClain will ever play uh, for the Cowboys again, if ever in the NFL again. Um, but but since this talk has has started, since since we have started this discussion of 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 you know Rolando McClain and replacing Rolando McClain, I've been saying that replacing him would be exceedingly difficult because because of his ability to be a force in the run game, while also having uh, a great ability to to drop into coverage, um, and it has been difficult. I I think some people uh you know wanted to just kind of simply write off the loss of Rolando McClain because of you know they were unhappy with the situation, they're unhappy with his dedication to the team, and and all of that makes sense, but th- that doesn't make replacing him any easier. And I think what we've seen with Hitchens is that 
Hitchens is what he is. Like I think Hitchens is probably a a really really good backup Will linebacker. I think he struggles to play Mike because I think he struggles to disengage blockers. He doesn't really have the oomph to to stop a, a guard or a pulling guard or center or, or stone them in 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 the hole. And and I think that is where he's going to get taken advantage of. Is is you know that they're going to have uh, uh, you know people that are going to be able to move him off the spot and they're going to run behind him and I th- I think you saw a lot of that specifically in the Atlanta game last season where Hitchens just struggled to, at the point of attack he couldn't stop guards and centers he couldn't even you know plug them into the hole to stop the run so he was basically just being washed on every play that he was you know, being marked on. So, uh, you know, I th- there was hope by me and by others, I think, going into the season that, you know, someone like Damian Wilson or Mark Zacha would step in and, and, and take that spot. But unfortunately, again, you know, injuries to both of those guys, you know, Damian had that freak paintball uh, accident where, you know, the guy was even wearing the helmet like he's supposed to be and then is walking off the, the paintball field and takes his helmet off and gets banged. Straight, straight paintball right in the eye, and he misses almost the entire training camp. And then Mark Zacha starts to really show something; is 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 really starting to make his move, makes a makes a, a uh, at least one or two great plays in that Rams game and that first preseason game is really starting to show out. And then comes out and, and I, in the second game, I think it was, and strains his Achilles, and, and it, it's one of those situations where he's not out for the season. I think he's you know he's kind of working himself back into pl- the playing rotation. He's not even on a, any kind of designation. He's he's just, you know, has an injury that he's trying to work through. But but it was one of those situations where it was the worst timing because he's right, just at the part where he's about to make his move towards, uh, you know, being in contention for that starting spot. And I think, you know, unfortunately, uh, he just he it just stopped all his momentum. So we'll see if that kind of picks up and maybe if he's going to you know, see some more action in, in nickel packages and, and, and if he's going to get on the field, he's definitely going to be a huge part, as well as Damian Wilson. They're definitely going to be huge parts of the special teams groups, and, and they'll definitely have roles. And, and, I, and I would say that both of those guys will definitely uh, see snaps on defense one way or another once they're healthy. But, you know, unfortunately, you have to go with Hitchens as kind of you – know, and then the other thing, the Gashkar, you know, breaking his arm, I think he was probably more of a Sam linebacker anyways, but I think, you know, there was definitely talk about him potentially, you know, maybe at least mixing it up with Hitchens for the starting spot, but he he breaks his, his hand, uh, so he breaks his arm. So, you know, I, I think – actually, it's his thumb, just to be clear. Uh, you know, I think it's just an unfortunate turn of events that those two positions have left the cupboard kind of bare and have left guys who didn't really earn their – spots necessarily uh through competition at least uh as the starters in, in those respective spots of defensive end and Mike linebacker and those are two really really important spots you know I think you know defensive end is there's a reason the defensive end is considered to be one of the money five positions as they called it it's because you know it's it's who throws the ball who protects the, the guy who throws the ball, who chases the guy who throws the ball, who catches the ball, and who defends the guy who's catching the ball. Those are your money five, and I, and I, and I think you know, there's a reason that, that people are nervous about not having a, a you know, true elite defensive end uh, for the first four games of the season. And, and then even when De, uh, Demarcus Lawrence gets back, you know, we've seen some good things from him, but is, he gonna be an, is it going to be enough for him to – you know, make it on his own. Is he going to be able to produce on his own uh, when there's been a lot of talk about how, you know, last season he got a lot of production off of the uh, double teams that were provided by Greg Hardy. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions at, at those two positions. And, 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 uh, and I, you know, I think 
Cowboys fans are rightfully nervous about exactly how this is all going to work out. So, uh, you know, let me move on to some of the strong points because I know we've kind of talked about some of the the, the bad, and, and I, I've gotten you all all uh, depressed. Let me let's talk about some of the the, the strong points of this defense and and how they may be able to use some of these other positions to kind of mask deficiencies at the defensive end and mic position. So starting off, I think defensive backs are a really strong group this year. I mean, especially coming from where uh, they were. You know, in the same way that things seem to be falling apart at defense, defensive end, the defensive backs seem to be kind of putting it all together. Uh, you know, I think when you put Jones back in his free safety spot, he's clearly comfortable back there and he's making strides there. And what that does is that allows Church to kind of drop down into his more comfortable box role, which I think, you know, he's a great run defender and I think he can do a lot of things from that box safety spot. I, I think he it's just a much more comfortable spot for him and for his skill set. And then, you know, Claiborne has his first fully healthy offseason of his career, uh, you know, where he basically was there the entire time, full offseason, full training camp. It's all looking good. Uh, and and, he, and it's, it's shown. His play has been fantastic. I'm really excited to kind of see him get out there and, and do – go full speed uh, on the field uh, with this full offseason and that confidence that he's had. I think I think the confidence and the health is really going to make us uh, – is gonna really going to reveal to us a, a different type of Morris Claiborne, and I'm excited to see what that's like. You know, And speaking of injury, it's, it's fantastic, obviously, to have the leader of the secondary back there, uh, Skandrick. You know, he's the salty dog on that defense for sure, and he's the kind of the grit on this team, and, and, he's, and he's probably your best defensive back currently. So having him back is a huge thing, both inside and outside for your corners. Uh, it just gives you your best cover guy back, and, and there's, you know, there's, there's no cost on that. There's no value on that. It's, it's, it's super, super high, and, and, and thank God he's back because – you know, I think that this team's going to face some of the best wide receivers in the in the league this year, and, and and they need all three of these guys back. And speaking of the third guy, Brandon Carr, for better or for worse, is is back. He's still Brandon Carr. Obviously, he has his deficiencies, but I think he is a solid, uh, you know, third, second, third corner. Uh, he's, you know, there are things he can get beat at, but I think that he is physical. He could tackle, uh, and I think that you know he started to kind of show more uh, of that physicality in this season, in this off season. And I think the move across the other side of the field has, has suited him a little better. So uh, it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, uh, see what exactly what this adds up to uh, for this secondary, but I, I have I have been excited so far with what I've seen, and then you add in the the rookie additions of uh, Brown and Frazier. Brown especially has looked really really good uh, in this training camp, and it looks to be their fourth corner coming off the off the bench. So look for him in dime packages potentially, uh, and I, I just feel like this the defensive backfield. You know, what that will do is that'll allow you know a little bit extra time for uh, these things to get open uh, for these guys to get home to the to the quarterback and allow you know some of these twists and stunts and, and potential blitzes that Marinelli's going to have to to use uh, to to get home to, to get to the quarterback to to affect the quarterback and make him uncomfortable uh, because it's, you know like we said without true elite defensive ends it may be tough to generate pressure just four guys going at it straight ahead. So defensive backfield hopefully allows uh, an extra tick that the quarterback has to hold onto the ball. Um, and then, you know, the defensive tackles. 
there's been a huge upgrade in the defense tackle position. I, I, the addition of Cedric Thornton, the one tech has been has been you know a revelation for for a lot of different things. First of all, just to have an athletic one tech is a huge thing. I loved. Uh, Nick Hayden and what he was doing. I was constantly trying to cut the guy, and I and they couldn't because he kept on outplaying every guy they had out there, out there, which is a credit to what kind of player that guy is. But at the same time, there needed to be an athletic upgrade there, and there was. Uh, Terrell McClain, coming back from his injury last season, looks to be healthy. He has been dominant in training camp, all training camp. He's super athletic. He looks comfy playing the one or the three, uh, but I think what they're going to do is have McLean start at the one tech, Crawford at the three tech, uh, and then Cedric Thornton as the one tech backup, and then Malik Collins as their three tech backup, and that's that's a solid four man defensive tackle rotation. And what that could do, especially in this defense, is that can alleviate a lot of the pass rush uh, uh, responsibility from the defensive ends because these guys are going to get one on ones with the guards, the three techs are, and they're going to be able to get get into the backfield quickly and qu- create quick pressure. And then now having an athletic more pass rush out of your one tech will allow him to push the pocket more, which will allow more pressure in the face of the quarterbacks and then can help the defensive ends as well because the quarterback may have to look around for a different spot to try to throw the ball and run right into a defensive end. So on the pass rush front, you hope that the defensive tackles will help the defensive ends by proxy, whether it's through twist or just through getting pressure on their own and causing the the quarterbacks to make uh, bad decisions moving outside. And at the same time, this is also a place where I feel like the uh, the the middle linebacker can be uh, to a certain degree uh, mitigated. You know, having these kind of athletic def- one text the nose techs nose tackles that will commit the offensive line to double teaming them is going to keep that middle middle linebacker clean. And 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 if Hitchens can do one thing, he can run and hit. So if if they can keep Hitchens clean and and keep guards and centers off from getting on to try to block him, uh, Hitchens can run and, and tackle just fine. So hopefully that's the that's what's going to happen is that they're going to be able to keep Hitchens clean and and keep his uh, jersey you know with uh, not being grabbed by guards and centers that are trying to eliminate him on the second level and hopefully he's going to be able to find his way to the ball before the guards and centers can find their way to him uh guys that's it oh that's whoo that was it for our very first How About Them podcast. Uh, I want to thank uh, John Owning and everybody at Today's Pigskin for uh, letting me do this, and, and, and I'm excited for uh, this to be a, a bi-weekly thing during the season, like I said, and then a weekly thing uh, during the offseason. Uh, look for my next pod, probably uh, Thursday or Friday. We're going to do a preview of our Week 1 opponent, the New York Football Giants. Uh, and until next uh, next time, guys, I'll talk to you later.